You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Uh, Listeners outside of Australia might not have heard of David Quirk, so you'll have to take it on trust that he's excellent, or you can look him up on YouTube first. Uh, Search for his bits about Mother's Day or suicide, uh, or one particular video called Live at Vibe Bar. Uh, You can do that before or after, really. It's up to you. Of course it is. Here's David Quirk. How's the run going? It's excellent. We started. Yeah, we started. Fuck. Um, I've done six of these festivals, yeah. and I reckon that this is the best one. Okay. Oh, I have to say, hands down. Okay. Yes. And why is and that? I can explain. Do you mean in terms of in terms of audiences, or in terms of how much fun you're having, or how good your show is, or all of those things? Or I think I'm having a bit of a a luckier season than maybe some. And yep. there's people doing far better than me, of course. Sure. But I think people on my kind of level, which is not, not at the top of the pile, you know, just sort yep. of been doing it for a while. And mm-hmm. um, people in Melbourne probably know me a little bit. Okay. S- you know, provided they're au okay fait with comedy. Okay. But, I, but still, like, I'm in a 64-seat room. They scaled it down. It started out at 68. And they're like, okay. we want to remove th- four seats and make the stage small. I remember thinking, why don't you make the stage small? But yeah, right. <laughs> that'll make more room for everyone. Okay. Anyway, but I'm s- it's selling well, one. And as you know, keep you talking. I'm going to close up. You door. saw this dodgy show in um, Adelaide. Yes. And the show has not changed much since then. And okay. Adelaide was a terrible run. Okay. It has sorry, it has changed a little bit. I think the show's far better now. Okay. But only in small ways. But does that make Adela- sense? Can something be far better in small ways? It's, I've made yes. some small changes and it's made a lot. And better. it's made it a lot better. You yeah. said Adelaide was a terrible run. Did you uh, say? Only sort of financially, and no one showed up. Oh. Like I cancelled on it. Saturday night, three people wanted to show up. Friends okay. of the run, like a daughter of mother and two daughters, and I said, okay. "Let's take the night off, girls." Yeah, sure. But um, so I cancelled. So as soon as I bring the same show to Melbourne, just maybe people understand the comedy festival. Who knows what? But okay. it's going really well here. Okay. But what Adelaide did do was run the show in. So I sort of hit the ground running a bit here, unlike any other festival. And I've worked on this show for about. I've had this show in my mind for about two years. Okay. Since committing the atrocity that is explained in the show. Sure, sure. Okay. So listen, we'll be. Uh, there's a thing I keep forgetting to do, which is that I uh, I get so into kind of. Oh yeah, let's zoom into it. Let's. Can we just put you in the context of who you are? Because I, I, I had not heard of you before, and mm-hmm. a lot of the listenership of this podcast is in the UK. Oh, You've I've been over to the Edinburgh Festival before. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, I, I didn't catch you there. So let's just go right back into. I always hate doing that thing of going. So what's your background? How'd you get yeah, started? Yeah, but if yeah. we do a couple of minutes of that, it might illuminate. Is this stuff for the UK? Right. Absolutely. Um, so I, how did you? How and why did you bring yourself to comedy? I always wanted to be an actor, which. Uh-huh. Uh, that's probably the first shameful thing I'll say. I yeah. Um, and ironically, I do more acting sort of stuff now than I ever did. Mostly stage stuff. Okay. But um, I always wanted to be an actor. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to go to the the main schools we have here, like the uh, NIDA over in Western Australia is a big mm-hmm. one. And like a lot of the TV actors would have gone through these schools, VCA here in Victoria, okay. blah, blah, blah. And and I sort of auditioned for them when I was young, but and then got to probably move to Melbourne from the country. I was probably... 2000, year 2000 maybe, and I was 99, and I started studying this other course that was called, just randomly, I thought there's a chance I might not get into some of those schools, it could happen, you know, or, or it could not happen, that mm. I should maybe have some backup, and so I chose to do a course called Performance Studies, uh, sort of out in Footscray, which is not in the most desirable suburb, it's actually quite great, but there's a uni out there and it proved to be this three-year course that would radically change the kind of performer that I am now. Okay. Oh, to the performer I'm now. Like, that's why if you sort of, you see me perform and it's like I'm very interested in sort of how you affect an audience and the laughs that, uh, I, I want laughs like any other act, but it's, I, I sort of use this attitude of, um, it, it, if it's interesting, if you if it's yeah. interesting, they they will laugh. Like something will make them laugh. But they'll laugh anyway, won't they? I sort of have this sort of arrogance where I sort of go, they will laugh at some point. Okay. So rest assured there, and then just what what else do you do in your act? What else happens from there? But that's not to answer your question. No, but um, it's, it's in, good, and we'll come back to it. So you in performance studies, this class, this course, I had to. This is how the stand up came into it. I I guess I was into Bill Hicks somewhere in the mm-hmm. last, you know, when I was sort of 15, 16, 17, 18. and. Uh, I must have said something to a lecturer like, oh, Bill Hicks is a good comedian, isn't he? And this course at no point mentioned stand-up comedy. Sure. But um, we had to give a performance in the first semester about our identity, which was called Performance and Identity. And you're free to do any kind of performance. Yeah, I went to a similar kind of college to this. Okay, yeah. You could do a dance or you could, you know, any kind of art, performative art. And and I said, look, I'm happy to talk about myself my identity but I, I'm not sure how to do it and the, te- the lecturer this lady goes you like stand up comedy don't you I said yeah I do I love it I guess yeah and she goes why don't you just do it as a stand up set and so this lady might have influenced the, what I do now in some way because you know, I still talk hyper personally about myself yes. so that's how then I, they, the, crowd, the class laughed and then I remember thinking I reckon I could make paying customers do this Okay. That's the term I use, paying customers, <laughs> or paying okay. strangers or something. Okay. I think, and so I guess... So you did, you did like a, what, how long was your set? I might have done sort of five or six or seven minute okay. bit. I don't really recall. Uh, do you know what it was about? It was mm. about you, about a specific story, or what was it about? Yeah, well, I think, I think I specifically did this weirdly, fuck, pretty brutal. I think I talked about, this is not going to sound, or make me sound clever in any way, but I used to do this bit about, fuck, it's terrible. So, 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 <laughs> the bit was called Hardcore Shit Eating. Right? Okay. That was one of the first bits I ever wrote. Okay. Because I was with my cousin when the internet was new. Okay. And he goes, yeah, the internet, you can find anything. And, and I was like, really? I was like, type in Hardcore Shit Eating. That was the first thing I thought to oh type. Oh, my God. That's okay. the first thing I thought to type. Like, will they have Hardcore Shit Eating? And then the, the more I thought about, like, the joke came from, you know, is there any other kind? Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> um, et cetera, et cetera. That was the first joke I wrote. But, um... Yeah, that, I guess I started doing it then, but I didn't. That was probably two thousand and two or three. 
but I didn't really sort of immerse myself in comedy. Like, start to, I made a ch- choice where I just said, let's do it. Like, it got to about 2005, and I thought, I thought I was doing a gig every six weeks. Okay. A gig every two months, maybe, just at the same place when they'd rebook me. I just sure. didn't bother to... I, the y- younger comics now, like, guys are a generation or two below me. I still feel sure. like I'm new. Yeah, yeah. But there's already plenty of guys that are young, and I, I can't believe how much they can network and bother to get to know people, and I don't. I never did that. I do it now. But I don't want to just meet people for the sake of it. I just want to... I like friends. Like sure. guys that I can talk to. Like, sure. you're a good example, Stuart, you know. But um, I just like to... I don't want to hang out with dickheads. And so and a lot of comics... Oh, God, I can't believe I was about to say that. Yeah, go on. No, a lot of comics are awesome. But a lot of them, I just can't be bothered meeting everyone just for the sake... Just because they're doing the same thing as me. I skateboard sure. a lot. I, sure. I spend a lot of my spare time skateboarding. Okay. I do not want to hang out with mostly skateboarders in my life. Okay. You know. But, this is not where the podcast is supposed to go. My, yeah, this, my, is, this is exactly. My hatred for... <laughs> this is exactly where the podcast is supposed to go. Okay. In fact, I have a note here about whether or not you feel like an outsider because I don't think your stuff... Confor- right, we'll get into it now. Mm. I don't think your stuff conforms to a lot of people's idea of what stand-up is. Mm. You're not... There's nothing cheesy. There's nothing... I, I could never see you in a shiny suit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. kind of floor yeah, kind of stand-up, sure, sure. you know? And um, Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's like the opposite of what you are. And I'm still... I'm aware I was still sort of trying to describe you to an audience as well. You do... Um, like you said, hyper-personal stuff that is quite... Um, it, it, there's a sort, there's some sort of alienation between you and your audience. Mm, do you mm. know what I mean? You're, you're almost... I, I looked, one of your reviews called you willfully awkward. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I wondered how much of that... I mean, is that to do with racing ahead here? No, Let, no, Let's no. go back to you doing this, this course and coming to stand-up from a kind of an art college perspective... Or as a performance art perspective, do you yeah, think? yeah, yeah. That, that definitely. Uh, who knows? One, if I'd be doing stand-up comedy, if I didn't do that course, okay. And I and I guess because of it, it did inform. Well, not, yeah, one. It's one of. Uh, I mean, I was the kind of. I'd like to think that the kind of comedy I do is just m- me. And I think that's what any comic should be, sort of, or an act. If it's a, if it's like a, a character, that's fine sure. too. But I'm just saying, if you want to do stand-up comedy, they need to be. That's one thing I love about comedy, like a singer-songwriter or someone. You know, like. Bob Dylan or you know one of those those they, 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 we know them as singer songwriters and I guess we should it's worth remembering that comedians are like we perform our material you know, we it's not like anyone else gives it to us we have sure. that in common with those people sure you know, like, yeah no that's a great analogy like, it's weirdly original yeah. what we do or it's meant yeah. to be at least so and no like there's no rules what was the question no, so, so, I, so coming to yes, it from, from college so you came into it from you weren't going to... Were you going to comedy clubs, local comedy clubs? A little Before bit. you did? Just, yeah, I would go and see some stuff. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I saw great guys I love still now, like Greg Fleet and those sort of mm-hmm. guys back then. It was excellent. But um, I, I remember I wrote... I'd done a couple of gigs, and then one day I just was thinking... I don't do it as much anymore, probably because it, I've already done it, maybe, or something, but um, lots of stuff about suicide. Yeah. But I used to do this... I just had this joke, and I just thought, oh, I wonder if I could... Just walk on stage and just say, "Oh, thank you know, it's great to be here. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is great to be here." And I basically, I just say, uh, "It's it's not it's not just good to be here. It's good to just uh, be anywhere because I was going to um, kill myself today, and and I just would go very quiet, yeah, and sort of just sort of reflect on it and see. And I say, "Yeah, it's good to be anywhere." Um, and then it's, it was just very dark, and and I thought, I wonder if I could do that, and it started to eclipse all my other material. Okay. Like in sort of audience response, sure. weirdly. I don't know if they just had no taste or it was just a funny bit. But it was just sort of, 
anti-comedy. I guess I just, I'd never been told to do that. I just thought, let's do it. Let's try that. Okay. And that sort of might have started the kind of the way I perform now a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So you're so you you came into it from the point of view. Of, well, I tell you what it is. is I just you want to point out that that be doesn't sound very funny. Now, yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah. No, but there's and I saw some stuff on YouTube of you doing the suicide bit, doing a bit about how I used you've to done about, loads of stuff yeah. about suicide, but now yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's really good and worth totally worth. The that's right. I forgot about at. that. Yeah. 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 Um, so so you seem on stage like you don't need for them to laugh, and I think that gives you tremendous power as a comic. Um, like you personally seem so like superhumanly confident because <laughs> you seem like you're just explaining an idea that you've had, which which is kind of what you're doing. But yeah, there's yeah. no there's no sense that there's no kind of feeling from watching you that part of you is going fuck. I hope this works. Yeah, yeah. Distance. Though, though <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though sometimes I am. There's okay. a couple of bits in the way the show is now. Yeah. Like I, I tell you, I can't even tell you what they are. There's one obvious one, but there's I think there's about two two or three bits where. I the or it it sucks all the good uh, the fun vibes out of the room because of the story I'm explaining and what I and I am every time I'm going but now I know it, I've seen it work over and over again so okay. it must be okay but I'm sort of going whoo every time I get that laugh comes at the end sure. I even I I am surprised okay but I guess to answer that kind of question I think I just sort of made a choice well I guess it's like if, being an audience member first I sort yeah. of thought I don't want to be treated like an idiot when I, with what I see and so I make a conscious choice to not treat the audience like idiots whatever that means um, even if they probably are idiots okay. no, you know but I just sort of think would it be what would be interesting to watch you know if, if and I write them the kind of jokes and stuff that I write are kind of the stuff I'd like to see performed that, that's the kind of the way I think I go at it sure. I, I weirdly I, I, this is weird I was on a plane and I saw a thing there was some documentary about Lady Gaga not a documentary it was more just an interview with Lady Gaga and I don't listen to Lady Gaga in any way yeah. I get a kick out of her you know as a person yeah, yeah. the idea of Lady Gaga I'm okay with um, that could we could I could be cut to pieces for saying that I understand <laughs> that but um, I probably find her a little bit attractive I suppose <laughs> um, but she said the interviewer said how do you make your work like, how do the ideas you come up with because I guess to be fair in, pop, in the pop world they're pretty radical you could argue sure just at least what she wears if nothing else mm-hmm. um, radical's too strong a word for Lady Gaga <laughs> that's okay but um, she said I uh, she replied something like that I kind of in a very different way of saying it is the same way I sort of go about things a little bit she goes what I do is I sort of think if, if I went out tonight to a club or a concert or something and I saw something that would the performer do something that would just make my blood boil Mm. that I hadn't thought of it Mm. you know uh, what would that thing be right okay and then she goes and then tries to create that yeah so and I I I kind of like to think I try to do the same kind of thing without anger like there's just there's no amount of anger like blood boil I can't relate to that but I guess you're talking about jealousy or something Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I just think it's about just trying to uh, just doing one what I think I'd find funny, which I think we all do, right? The yeah. jokes I've heard you, I saw you do a set at the Rhino and sure. la- loved it. Sure. And you must think those jokes make you laugh. Right? Yeah. And so they're, they're, I guess we all do this. Yeah. yeah. I, I suppose the difference for, for me is, I mean, I, I don't feel I, I mean, I'm, while I might look confident on stage, I feel like I'm faking that confidence. Right. 
Um, well, to, to a certain extent, maybe. I think, I, I think the difference is, I feel like in a lot of the stuff I do, I'm relying on the element of surprise. When mm. I'm trying to write a bit, I'm, I'm trying to outwit them in advance. And I feel like you're not trying to outwit us in advance. You're just exploring a thing safe in the knowledge that it'll be funny. Yeah. yeah I get, get, I get that's, yeah, maybe, sure. Because yeah. I feel there's a little part of me feels like, it, whether they see it or not, there's a part of me feels like I'm a rabbit in the headlights going, come on, you bastards, laugh at my joke. Yeah. Whereas it feels watching you like you're going, here's a thing, right? Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like in like your um again a little YouTube clip of you where you come on and you just did shapes with your mouth. There's a clip of you at the Viber bar or yeah, Vibe or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You just do a load of shapes with your mouth for like thirty seconds and yeah. then go just try some new material there. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. And it's not anything. I mean, I'm a yeah. bit like Lady Gaga going, Jesus, why that? Not why didn't I think of that? But why aren't I even thinking in terms where something like that would occur? Yeah, to me? yeah, yeah. And it's interesting to hear that your your background maybe inspired that because you were coming to it from sort of an artistic perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, but so. presumably you do want them to laugh, you do want them to, to find you funny. Yeah, I think just from writing a story or whatever, like, chances... Yeah, I don't know. I actually, it's, it's very interesting to talk about because I don't know how I... exactly what I think first. I guess... I just wonder if it's sort of possible to sort of think of something so sort of dark or bleak or or just absurd that, okay. that um, you can explain it in a way that they'll laugh. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't have to be those but things. That's but that's interesting, even the way you put that. You, you can explain it in such a way that they'll laugh. So you're not trying to sort of suddenly reveal new information. It's about trust like or something. It's about for that I want them to trust me uh, and I try and give off that vibe straight away. But also, at the same time, confront them as much as possible, or, but but still have them go. I want to hear the next thing. Or yeah. um, I've always said that I think you can talk about anything on stage, provided you. you know, and, and a lot of comics do talk about anything, and it can people carry on about being up, you know, offensive material and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think if you talk about it because you care about it, or at least have respect for the issue, then you kind of. I don't think you can go wrong a little bit. Mm. Mm. But you, surely you could talk about something and it not be funny. You could care about something and, and it not be funny. That's very true. So where does that confidence that you're where, from? Where does that come from? That confidence that you'll be funny by explaining something. You stumped me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, do, do you see what I mean? If I'm not even asking, where does it come well, from? It's like back to what I said at the start. Like I think if you, if you. And I think, well, I don't mean to bring up Bill Hicks, and that does feel like a, ty- a sort of a tired thing to talk about, but I remember he said... Almost yeah, no one mentions him on this podcast, because okay. they all think it's too tired to talk about, so feel free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just sort of think, I remember him saying, you have to be interesting first. And then, you know, because if you... That's why I don't... I mean, some jokes, just straightforward jokes, do sure, make me laugh. Sure, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a human being of yeah, flesh. Hey, we all like jokes. Um, yeah, but I mean, in general, I don't write something for, to, for it to be funny first. I like, yeah, I think that's how I work it a little bit. And hopefully there's a funny idea in there or or it's so serious maybe that it makes you laugh. Like I think there's a, who knows what makes you laugh? I don't know. I think some things are so f- full on that you laugh. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's, uh, I totally agree with you. And that's fascinating because I can think of another couple of comics. I don't know if you know John Gordillo. No, he's I don't. a comic in the UK and I always think the stuff about watching John's stuff is that he follows the idea first 
I think that's interesting. That's fascinating that you. So, like, it's not something he said to me particularly, mm-hmm. but I think that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, turn that into a question, Stu. <laughs> What's the next thing I want to know about that? I totally, I totally agree with you. So, you're, so a, a clip I saw of you doing that stuff about your mother, about Mother's Day. Mm. So that, that, that would seem to be a good example of that. The bit is that your, your mother died, mm. and then the next year on Mother's Day, someone you were working mm. with said... Uh, oh, do you need to? Oh, God, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? Do you need to? Oh, well, yeah. you don't have to. What are you going to get least, your mum? Yeah, yeah, at least you don't have to get her a present. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? No, which is, See, technically, I didn't really write that. You know, like sure. that's, a, that's something a guy said to me. But I do, I put a little tag on the end. Sure, but, but and yeah, and you frame it as well. I'm a big fan of like simply, like, just because something happened doesn't mean that's discounted as a piece of writing because you yeah. decided to say it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You, you kind of clocked it. But, I like the idea of something happening and w- whether you said the funny thing or not, that you're the one that will present it. In the yeah, world. yeah, you know what I mean. Like that sure. feels like it's my job at least. Sure, like yeah. I was there. I was there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I could report on that for you. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So this is David. He's an absolutely magnetic presence on stage, and he's so unlike the usual template for a comedian. Uh, I'm just a massive fan of his. I love that feeling when you see someone new and you go, "Whoa, I'm going to watch everything this person does from now on." Um, we're going to go into some detail in this interview on exactly why it is that David doesn't quite fit the mould, uh, his position as an outsider to even the comedy world, and what it feels like to give oneself permission to experiment rather than always feeling that you have to go out and batter a room. Um, so we've got more... Not that, <laughs> not that that's like, oh, that's a thing I really suffer from is the pressure to always go out and batter a room. But I, I think you'll understand what I mean as we get into the interview. Um, we've got a few more conversations coming up this week, so I'll bring you those as soon as... I can. Uh, in particular, Felicity Ward, Tom Allen, and Jimmy McGee are going to be talking to us. Uh, also, uh, Geraldine Hickey, who is another one I just uh, I, I discovered. Oh, you're so lucky! I discovered her for you. Um, but I, her show at Melbourne absolutely blew me away. So I'll be speaking to her this week as well, and drip feeding those to you over the coming weeks as I get myself over to New Zealand. Uh, in the meantime, do remember tickets for the Benny Boot special in London on May the 29th are all available from the Facebook group, and I'll tweet that link again as well. If you don't know Benny Boot, get yourself over to Google and get, put him in the Google and look at his set from Dave's One Night Stand recently. And then whilst you're online and you've cleverly realised that he's brilliant, snaffle up a ticket as well. So thank you so much to all of you who come to see the best of the Edinburgh Fest show here in Melbourne and come and say hello afterwards. I have to say my absolute favourite so far has been Michael Wyatt, uh, who said hi afterwards and also emailed me to say this. I am a dentist and lecture and teach both undergraduates and postgraduates. The insight about the development and drawing together of ideas and the presentation by the comedians has inspired me and caused changes in how I present my lectures. Thanks. Thank you, Michael Wyatt, the dentist. That's awesome. I'm so excited um, to hear that I uh, that this my little show is changing the face of dentistry. I'm, I'm very glad it's uh, been of help to you. I'd love to hear, of course, from other listeners who found the podcast useful in other or unexpected walks of life. So email me, info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet at comcompod if you have a job that I wouldn't expect this show to have helped out with. That would be fascinating. Uh, that's all for now. Let's get back to David Quirk. You know, I'm going to I'm going to Edinburgh as of like last night. Oh, yeah, as of yeah. last night. Where are yeah. you going? What are you doing? Where's your venue? Maybe Pleasant. Great. Which I'm surprised. Um, it just came through. Okay. 
That's a wanky thing to say, isn't it? No, but not I, at all. But not I at all. Been, That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, no, is what, that where, you, where were you last time? I just had a deep fear of anyone in the UK. Probably, I'm looking at the microphone as I'm saying this. <laughs> probably don't, wouldn't want to come and see the show after hearing all this shit. No, I, was, I totally disagree. Mm, I totally disagree. And uh, I, uh, I have every confidence that, that my, <laughs> my small but committed listenership will, will definitely great. want to come and see it. Um, so you're taking, obviously, you're taking this show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this, so let's talk about this show. It's called. Oh, you don't have to. No, but uh, no, no, but but let's because you know let's. That will illuminate other things. Well, it's interesting sure. because of the story, like this thing that I did, was just after I left Edinburgh the last time I was there. I literally okay. got on a plane at yeah. f- five or six a.m. Mm-hmm. after the day after Edinburgh finished. I think it was the Monday or Tuesday, Monday, Monday, and flew to Finland. Okay. Where, uh, where two nights later days? I would do the thing that yeah. um, two year, two and a bit years later I would into the show sure mm. okay so then how much so I look forward to going back yeah 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 right not for that reason <laughs> how much of the show this show how much of it is true do you ever invent stuff or is it all true stuff and speculation no most of it's true but I, I've come to because I've weirdly and and this is nothing to be something to be embarrassed about like my heroes I know for a fact wouldn't have ever used someone else or if they did if they consulted someone else on working on a show mm-hmm. they would not credit them it's yes. less known about yes um, yes it's weird isn't it there's, a, there's quite a lot of that well, it seems I, yeah. to be happening in the world of people getting help and then not mentioning it or winning an award and then years later you go oh actually so and so directed that you know, yeah, that yeah. didn't come up at the time and I've always sort of held tight because I come from a theatre background so I always thought yeah, I understand. You want to do a, a play or something, mm-hmm. um, or a two-hand or whatever it might be. You're going to need someone else to sort of sit in and watch that director, you know. Yeah. And I thought stand-up comedy has nothing in common with that. There's no, no one's got any business needing a director. I don't think that's just how sure. I felt. But then push came to shove with this show and the story, and I didn't quite know how to. I knew how to tell the story, but how do I make it a good hour-long show? Mm-hmm. And so I always went to this cafe, and this guy Declan, Declan Fay, mm-hmm. who's got a good idea of stories and stuff like that and we just become immersed in this show like he's he's as much as part of this show as I am to be honest yeah so uh, what I bring that up I guess this is all so everything talk about how much how much was true I don't even use a microphone in this show and that's the first time I've ever felt confident to not use a mic okay. which might sound like nothing to I used to always think I've, I need a You've mic got this, and I often take it out of the yeah, stand yeah. that's how I do comedy sure. for this you know it's a bit more theatrical mm-hmm. so I, I'm happy to have my hands and yeah, it's a it's just a small step in um, just sort of changing a little bit. Yeah. Okay. This show, shaking hands with danger, they call it. Okay. They being me. They, yeah, yeah. So, so the stuff in the show is true, and in the making of this show, how do you make it? Do you sit down and write? Do you improvise on stage? Do you have a story in mind and go and tell a bit of a story and see if it works? I just completely realised I didn't answer your question properly with that rant, but um, I. That's why I brought up Declan. This, sure. this gentleman, okay. sorry, was because speaking of truth, yeah, um, there are some things that are like slight, slight untruths, like the bit at the start on the bus and how I first heard this Guns and Roses song. That's mm-hmm. all explained in the show. Mm-hmm. It, that's true, but uh, uh, changed. Like, yes, okay. No one passed me a tape. You know, sure. do, do you remember that? Where I yes, I remember. Down, yeah, yeah. Passing down, it down the bus. I feel like I'm giving it away, yeah. but um. But it speaks to the truth of the show, yeah. if you know what I mean. So I, I don't feel like it's a lie at all, even though it is. It's actually a, it's an untruth. It didn't happen. Yeah. But it makes a sense t- for the show. Yes, okay. And then carry on to the next part, which was... Uh, how you write it. Whether you sit down and write the whole script or... 
it felt like I was just going to do a show where that would be the, set, the, the story about this cheating scenario that happened mm. in Finland um, would be the sort of the main bit in the middle, I thought, just before I even wrote it. I thought, well, that's clearly what, a chunk of yeah. the show. And then I thought, okay, I'll also do this stuff about iPhones and babies mm. and um, other things that I've written, all these other new material that I've got, mm. and I'll just put that in at the start. That'll carry me through. Okay. And then I thought, oh, and then there's that interesting thing where I was on that plane with Slash from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So I, maybe that could be at the end. I'll just say, and, and so that's originally how it was sort of lazily okay. set out. Okay. And the more we wrote the show, the more things just got scrapped. Like, why would I need to talk about iPhones and babies? Even though yeah. that's a funny bit of comedy you've written, it doesn't need to be in this show. Sure. So I, I started having, speaking of confidence, it's the first time I've had the confidence to just go, not necessary, mm-hmm. just scrap it. And cut back heaps of stuff and that was this there's a line in the show about the fact that that's mentioned in the in the press for the show oh yeah in the press release see I don't mention it enough actually oh yeah but maybe just the night you were there but yeah you know what I mean so okay I guess I wrote it by sort of um, thinking it was going to be something and then just cutting a lot out of it Okay. Um, irrelevant things. But let, I mean, let's just, just go completely to basics. Like I know, I know, uh, oh, comics write in lots of different ways. Okay, right. Do so, I use a? Well, yeah. I mean, do you do you kind of keep a diary and make notes and then sit and write them out, or do you make notes I and then take I've, them on stage? I've, and I've, I've li- you know, if it's out and about, like literally on the street or wherever ideas occur, then a lot of stuff gets lazily put into notes on mm. my on an iPhone. Then mm. from there, I'll probably go back home and. Probably write it out. That's the problem. Uh, see, you know that joke that I've... Have you seen that bit where I say the slide it in, cut it off, and yes. leave it there in the yes, girls? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that came. Like, that just was a thought I thought. And I say she can pull it out with tweezers. And now it's a, it goes for two or three minutes now, three sure, or four minutes. Okay. But because I didn't really write it out, I just thought, that's funny. And then I started explaining it on stage. And I say the word tweezers mm-hmm. that people have said there's a whole new bit about that so because of not deliberately lazily really not thinking of the most practical thing to remove my severed penis from a lady's vagina uh, then it's made it a funnier longer bit yes gotcha so yeah I was about to say I go go from from an iPhone note where it might just Mm say uh, push rings which is a bit that was meant to be in the show Mm -hmm. um and then I'll go, that's right. You remember you thought about push rings the other day and write that out, write that, what I remember. Okay. But I'll normally write it on PC. Um, okay. Yeah. There's so notes you- and notes. It's real. It's a real mess. Actually, all the stuff for this show, oh, it, it freaks me out just to go back and look at. Like I, and this guy Declan's like, just make a folder of like, old stuff and I'm like I can't I just I, I can't even look at it I'd rather delete it or something I just, why is that why is that I, I feel that as well I ha- it's weird looking back I sometimes mind yeah, it's just a stuff. goddamn mess like yeah. I'll just some of it's in bold and then some of it's in italics and uh, that bit just stops there for no reason I'm like and so the show feels like it's more in my head yeah you okay. know a little bit I sometimes feel when I look back at older notes, which are now in umpteen different folders and bits yeah. of old things and different hard drives. It just does your head in. I wish I could employ someone to look through it all and tell me what's good and then present me that's, anything that's got legs. That could be a service. That's not provide. bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that someone thinks has legs, but the only person whose job it is to do that is me, yeah. and I'm just not getting around to it. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible thing to do. Yeah, but that's kind of how I do it. And then... Okay. So in, I try and write... I know I always was interested in the idea of seeing what happens on stage, you know, mm-hmm. trying to let it come out on stage and it doesn't as much as I'd like but uh, sometimes it does let's go back to this idea of you being um, 
and it's my idea, not yours, uh, of you maybe being a bit of an outsider to the circuit. Do you do you feel that? Do you feel there's any sort of truth in that? Because you don't make the effort to go and sort of network and socialise unless you want to. Unless I don't like, like saying this, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, and it's. I was going to say it's not conscious, but I suppose it is. Like, I it just doesn't feel natural for me to. To. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, I just network with my friend, the friends I've made in comedy. Sure. Um, but I have been accused of, um, here we go, of not going to people's shows enough, okay. including some of my friends. Sure. And and I just sort of say, I don't care if you don't see my show. Like, <laughs> I don't just, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I need people to see my show, that's true. But then I, but then that, that's a small part of me. The other part of me is the guy that actually actively goes and sees shows. Sure. But for whatever reason, sometimes I just won't go and see that person's show. It just won't happen for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, when you say for whatever reason... Is there a reason behind I it? I, mean, I, I, I sometimes, like, when I'm here, uh, I'm running around trying to see loads of shows because I'm in a new place and I'm excited. Yeah, well, when I'm in Edinburgh and I've been there for years, I find, like, I've got... There's certain people I want to support because they're mates and there's certain people that I want to, you know, I want to support because they're mates. There's certain people I really want to see because... Yeah. Because they're different, because they're exciting. Yeah, yeah. I don't go and see a lot of man and a mic stand up, even yeah. though that's what I do. Yeah. And I always feel a bit guilty about that. I feel like sort of I should be seeing more stuff because I'm expecting. To I can see really me. relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll go and see. Well, I'll go and see things I want to see or things I've heard great things mm-hmm. about, and then and, and also go to other bit, a couple some French shows. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that that is something you know. Um, my friend Carl Chandler, who's. Mm-hmm. Funny man runs some great rooms. Oh yeah, Carl. Yeah, Carl's a good man, but um, he tells me straight to my face. He goes, "You're an asshole, quirk," and I'm like, "Just oh, am I? Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> maybe I am." But um, yeah. So, so in terms of like the Australian circuit, which, as I understand it, I mean, I don't know what, what I don't know what the circuit's like. I've heard different things from different Australian. I think acts. it's as busy as yeah, where sure. you're from. I mean, is, is it, are you making a living from comedy by doing gigs year round? I'm doing better than I ever did, you know. Like, I've got more gigs, more touring comes up. Um, but no, I still sometimes work in a skateboard shop, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got to work in there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Of fact. But, like, that, that's, that's sort of tailing off. Sure. But, um, and it should be. I've been in there for about 12 years or something, 11 okay. years. I've worked at this one place, which is. Actually, excellent. You know, yeah, like, right. It's a perfect thing. It's something I'm into. I love all the dudes I work with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, comedy. You know, I might, I might make a bulk amount one time in a year, but the kind of act that I am. Although I did do a little thing on TV with uh, Sam Simmons last year, which, yeah, okay. which paid me a little bit of money, but it's infrequent. You know. Sure. So. So when you say the kind of act that I am, you mean like not easily commercial. Maybe, yeah, probably. But people seem to be responding more to it now than they ever did. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a ch- in Australia at least there is a bit of a changing of the guard a okay. little bit between sort of... Um, oh, I don't want to name names, but my brother, right, um, he's much older than me. He's, oh, what, he'd be mid-40s now? And he said to me a few years ago, knowing I was doing comedy... He, uh, I go, yeah, uh, you know, I've got to show this uh, on the weekend. And he, he'd never seen me. And he just looked at me. And he's not a comedian. He's a, played foot, Aussie rules football. He's a, not a, he's not a bogan, but he's a man's man, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes, uh, I tell you, 
it couldn't be worse than that. And then insert yeah. big popular Australian comedian's sure. name, male Australian name. He goes, you couldn't be any worse than that bloke. And I just thought, wow, if if you don't, he don't my brother does have a good sense of humour, to yeah, be fair. Okay, yeah. But I thought if you don't, you're not into that guy. Mm-hmm. Like I thought you were, you're his audience. Yeah, right. I thought guys like you were that bloke's audience. Okay. And it just made me go, maybe it is just changing. You know? Yeah, like, right. Like maybe it is. There's like oh, there's definitely room now for the strange ideas. Oh, that so I have. the guy, the, the guy we won't name, is yeah. like a sort of what? Quite like a mainstream, very mainstream okay, gotcha. and very well known sure. in Australia. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I just thought, oh, that's interesting. I remember just thinking, maybe it is okay to keep doing what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. And it can't, yeah. Both. I think it's more time room for both. Do you do you think of yourself as? I mean, do you ever do those kind of commercial circuit gigs? Do you do like the sort of Friday night chicken in a basket kind of clubs? Um, not much. No, no. Sort of the most. But that's not like. But I, I also don't get out there and do the the the. Like in Sydney, I've been asked to do um, like really strange. You know where you do typical jokes. Oh, they don't even want you to do. They just like yeah, you know. Okay. If you ever wanted to wear a tutu on stage, sure. tonight's the night to do it. You know, or whatever sure. it might be. And I kind of am weird about that too. So I sort of do. I don't know what I want to side with. You know, yeah. like I um, I kind of do want to. I do consider myself most of the time as a stand-up comic. Yeah, with everyone else, with you guys like yourself. Like I sure. like sharing stage with people, with guys, guys and girls like us. Yeah. But I also sort of get a kick out of doing these sort of alternative nights as well because mm-hmm. it works there as well. I mean, in, in in London, I did Jonglers. Can you believe that? Yeah, right. Okay. And it, I did one in um, Battersea uh-huh. and it worked. I was like, wow, right. fuck, I can play this crowd as well. Okay. This is excellent. That's not an easy room. Yeah, right. Well, well that, it went well enough that the lady that booked me said, we come down on Saturday night to Camden, yeah. Jonglers. And I just... Oh, I remember I was in a music shop, like a sanity, when I got this phone call. And I said, I'd love to. And I just felt my gut twist. Okay. I just knew I shouldn't do this gig. But I, of course, I did it yeah. unpaid. And I get down there. And after about three or four minutes, I just heard a, f- a heap of men, grown yeah. men on a Bucks night, probably, yeah. booing. Yeah. You know, as you'd expect. And I couldn't even work out what the noise was for a bit. I'm like, what's that, what's that sound? That sounds boo, boo, boo. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's a negative sounding noise yeah. that means you hate me. Like, I was like, what are we? I, I'd forgotten that's about booing. That's an incredible booing. put down line, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a way to take the wind out of the sail. Yeah, I was like, what a weird thing strategy. to do. Like, yeah. you make a noise. Like, we all, I'm making noises out of my mouth now. But yeah. boo, it's such a strange thing. And they did hate me, and I, I felt very low after that. But uh, it was good to know my place a bit, you know. Now I might be able to try and survive a gig line a bit better. But back, sure. back then, first trip to London, yeah, no, I wasn't cut out for that. Oh, it's odd. I just want to interject when you say uh, that, you know, I felt like I knew my place. No one should ever know their place on the basis of a stag do. You know, what is your place? What do you mean knowing your place? Because some people boo you. No, but, you know, I don't think I be- probably do belong. I didn't belong sure. there that night. You could argue that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> I was trying to describe you earlier on to my girlfriend as... Um, uh, I was trying to sort of describe what you're like, and one of the things I said was, you seem, and it's it's kind of that separateness, if I'm not banging on about that, you seem like, not like a comic, so much as someone who was fixing a car outside and came in and went, oh, I'll do this, and just was really? naturally brilliant at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you're, you're not a real stand-up comedian, I'm just no, saying I- that there is some way in which you carry yourself 
that that is different to a lot of other comics. I'm I just seen, trying to put my uh, finger yeah. in it. What's that? I just no no go on. No, I, I it's I never had it articulated like that at all. And that's that's funny, but I think I deliberately tried to remain uh, sort of, and this will sound lame too, raw, like or sort of untrained or something. Yes, you know, okay. I was very aware of just going. What happens when you just get on stage and be? And it, it, that that leather jacket that I'm wearing, I've. I'm obsessed with like a lot of music but one of the things that I use as a real reference point is of Johnny Ramone that jacket is yeah. one, like the same kind of the jacket the Ramones wear yeah. it's new I'm in love with it anyway this is lame but um he uh the so I'm thinking of the Ramones at the moment but Johnny Ramone the guitarist from the Ramones mm-hmm. you know the Ramones music yeah, 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 yeah. you know what that kind of sound right sure um he and he's an arsehole I just read his biography and okay. he's a, both a legend and an arsehole all at once he was right wing when he got inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame he said God bless George Bush and things like that wow. so I've got a lot of reasons to completely despise him sure. but I still respect at least what he was doing in the band Yeah. and uh, he said that when they were starting the band that he stopped listening to the radio and he uh, made a choice to sort of not sort of try and take in anything else that was current at the time mm-hmm. or new and he made, said I'm not going to play any guitar solos just deliberately just abstain from guitar solos just, just decisions were made mm. and I didn't necessarily make decisions like that with my act, but I can relate to the idea of just trying not to sort of, yeah, I'd go and watch other comedy, but I would never at any point, I'd deliberately try my absolute best to try not to do what they were doing yes, and just okay. see what came out of me when I did stand-up comedy. Gotcha. So, yeah, whether it be the guy that just was fixing a car at the front <laughs> yeah. or what, but, yeah, I, so there was there were choices you'd yes. made. Yes, But, yeah. That's fascinating. That's exactly what I meant because you, it's, it's like they you recognise the existing tropes of what stand-ups do yeah. and consciously didn't do them. I think... Well, um, attempted to, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think a lot of people... I think this is definitely true of, of myself. I felt like there was a thing that was stand-up comedians that I should try and be like. Yeah. I think that's a pitfall. Well, I think that's, good, that's good to do remember when you're young or something. Yeah, sure. But you need to probably move away from it to yeah. as quickly as possible. Or something. Yeah. And ironically, doing this kind of style in the UK, first in the UK was the first time that... Oh no, Steve Bennett from Chortle. Sure. Might have been the first to point it out. And then, what's the lady's name? Copstick, Kate Copstick. Kate Copstick, yeah. They both said that I have something in common with Stuart Lee. Sure. And okay. I didn't know of Stuart Lee until years down the track, weirdly. Mm-hmm. I was a late comment to his work, and now I'm a fan. Sure. But I'm worried about that a little bit because I know there is some sort of slow delivery that I do. And I, I wouldn't say that uh, you. Yeah, I don't think he's any Yeah, I don't think it looks like I've copied him, but there's some. No. There's sort of a. It's just kind of, kind of an alienation, kind of an apartness from, yeah, yeah. from the rest of the audience. It's not like you're going, right, gang, I'm the leader. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which a lot of people do. <laughs> it's more like you're going, ah, oh, not only am I not the leader, but you're not even a gang. Yeah, <laughs> do you right, know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, there's yeah. some, something like that, something about the, the, your approach to... I think it's also trying to make it live, you know, like because it, it is live, um, what we're doing, right? We st- it's happening as right in front of their eyes. Mm. But it's like trying to sort of recognise that Let's make this a, a truly live thing, and you might you, it might not happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. You described your stuff as hyper personal. I did say that. I don't you know if that did say true. that, and I think it's true. So, what drives you to be talking about yourself in that way? What What's the drive for you to do comedy? Is it as a means of expressing? yourself is it a means of telling the truth about yourself is it is it that 
you just like getting laughs and this seemed the funniest way to do it what's I think it's a, a couple of things I think I uh, I think one it's a I don't know if this is true but it might be that it's a lack of creativity and a lack of bothering to look at the outside world because like Carl Chandler to bring him up yeah. a second time he was telling me that he can he'll I think it was him he'd say because he writes sort of one line so he'll go he'll go he'll be in the kitchen he'll go okay toasters uh, what's funny about toasters yeah and he'll just sort of rack his brain till he writes a joke about toasters sure and I don't do that in sure. any shape or form like I yeah I, I, I so there's so there's I, one of the things I, I've always I, said, I used to say at the end of this bit that had no punchline at all um and I'd say, yeah, and I don't, uh, that's the end of that story for now. I don't, there's, yeah, just, I don't, I can't remember how it even goes, but there's li- literally no punchline. And I say, all I do in comedy is just participate in life and report back. Yes. And that's kind of something that I still feel like is happening. But there's also, and again, another sort of choice, because somewhere along the way I realised that I don't, I won't do, for, for various reasons, and I think it's laziness again and that is uh, I won't do a very be a political kind of comic I won't mm. be talking about the world in that way sure and I also think there are those that not only do it do that that do it very well yeah and so I don't you know there's jokes already exist yeah um, so I thought what what can I provide and I think I was like what happens when you not only just talk about what you do in your life or what you've seen or heard but what happens when you go further than that and go right in going to places that you know that that's what I would try and bring so that's why it can get dark or um, or just really absurd you know is it really it can't just be laziness that sort of propels you to do that it sounds like you've made a choice about what you can do well because yeah. I, I think sometimes yeah. I, I see political comics and I like good ones and there's a, lot, there's a few bad ones and there's some good ones and I think oh man I wish I could do that but mm-hmm. I, I would just need to be so much better informed than I yeah, am exactly so well, that, no, that's the where I'm saying I'm, I might be a bit lazy because sure. I don't I guess I talk about things I'm interested in maybe I'm just yeah. simply not interested enough in politics sure. I made a decision about politics where I just thought and I also don't need to hear a lot of comics if you need to be told that politicians are idiots yeah then I don't want to see anyone trying to... I know, I've made my mind up about that. Yes, sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. So yeah. I'd like to hear someone say, what's something you haven't made your mind up about? Let's try and explore that. Sure, sure. To be fair, though, that I understand why people need to talk about politics. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We live in that world, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of your, your personal material, is there anything... Is there anything you won't talk about? Is there anything you've tried talking about that's personal and it's not worked? Do you know what I'm... You've seen some of the shit I do, but I... I'm weirdly embarrassed about talk. I think I'm embarrassed about talking about masturbation. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which makes not much sense, does it? No, not given the. I think I'm ashamed the... of, um, of of masturbating. Okay. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Um, and probably also maybe I don't need to do comedy about it because it's been done to it's, death. It is being done to death. If there's going to be one thing you're ashamed of doing stuff about, it might as well be a. a, a maybe I should, that, maybe I'll make that my next joke. I'll try and write a good masturbation joke. I don't or, think, or more, I think it'd be more like you to write a joke about the fact you don't want to talk about masturbation. Yeah, yeah. That is weird. That to me, that's like oh, that's an interesting. Have that. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, anything else? Um, that, I, that I'm, I'm weird about talking and yeah, dealing with. Yeah. Um, oh, I got in tr- not trouble, but I got some feedback that was less than favourable when I did a bit about um, Grinder. You know that. Yeah. 
web that ap- application yeah. for an iPhone mm-hmm. for, for gay men I guess more yeah. than others to, to meet each other and I was trying to sort of critique the idea that nothing's ever thing people wrote it off as homophobic but I was trying to sort of say that it's just a weird I think it's weird the way we meet people or sure. that why would you proximity like it'll tell you if, if, if there's another gay man five feet away or two sure. blocks away I'm like I've you know I've never wanted to meet anyone just based on the proximity, like, I, but maybe because I can't relate to gay men's minds or something. But, sure. But of course, because I probably didn't explore it well enough. Yeah. People com- told me off and said you you can't really do that, and I was like, that's a real shame that I can't talk about that because yeah. I not I'm only making fun of human beings and the way we meet each other, not yes. not gay people. Sure. Anyway. Sure. Almost worse than having someone say I I, yeah, I personally think that's out of order would probably to me would be people laughing at it in the wrong way. Yeah, I, mean, I think I felt that you were getting an audience, and I might have, and that probably was happening too. Yeah. Probably getting sort of blokes, blokey blokes going, "Ah, he's fucking taking the piss out of grinder." Yeah, but yeah, I was right. like, "No, you've missed my point as well." Is there anything that you see in in comedy around you that frustrates you? Yes. Go on. Uh, you don't need to name any names. Um, off the top of my head. I said a word on stage the other night that just, uh, I can't remember what it was. It would help. It was just a very lazy word, in my opinion. Whatever. It was just an in-between two lines. Mm-hmm. And I really wish I could remember what it was. But I, um, I really, it doesn't matter. But I, I guess I just, I said, after I said it, I was like, I cannot believe I just said that on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a low point for okay. me um, as a comic. Okay. And I'm being completely facetious, but I'm like, that's not what I want to be. Like sure. the guy that would just say a lazy. Like I almost judge people. Yeah, I judge other comics just for, for in just in my own mind, and I don't ever bother explaining it until a guy no. like you bothers to put me on tape <laughs> and then record it for the ages. But I, I when people just say um, use like cool modern language, you know, yeah, like okay. I am not even into that. Like, uh, I, I wish I had my brain was working where I could think. Sure, um, sure. Do you mean like uh, slipping in a, like a... Just like Gen Y language. I just like, don't talk that way for some yeah, reason. Yeah, okay. It's just okay. completely judgmental of me. I just sort of think, I don't know, it's really dumb. Isn't that really dumb? No, not at all. No, like, no, there's, no, far worse. Uh, there's far worse things that people do, like sure. copying, copying styles. I see all that yeah, sort sure. of stuff. Um, but I'm just sort of being really specific. Just choose your words like uh, properly and don't try not to be lazy about it. Mm. Weirdly, I'm, I've already admitted I'm quite lazy, but I'm also very aware of it. Mm. So I wrote a whole bit about the abbreviation like for totes. Have you heard this in Australia? Have you heard uh, yes, I've heard people say totes. It's yeah. died off a bit, thank God, but I wrote a huge... It's just coming in in the UK in the last year oh, or so. Oh, good, yeah. good. I say just, that makes me sound quite out of date. I'm sure in the last couple of years. I think yeah. people are still saying it. Oh, God, I have to dredge the bit up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I guess I crave language a little bit, mm-hmm. so I don't like to see it sort of misused or something mm-hmm. on stage. So that that's something that doesn't matter, really, but that's something that I'm, I care about, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll just ask this to you. I think this will be my last question because I know you've got places to be. Um, I wonder, do you get scared? You said there was that moment where you're like, you know, in your current show, there's a bit where you're thinking, I hope they laugh at this, and oh, they do. There's that one moment. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you... How do you deal with fear? Do you ever get nervous before a gig? Do you ever get nervous whilst you're on stage? Does it not... It, it sort of seems from the outside like it just doesn't even occur to you. Right. I'm better than I used to be. Like, uh... Fear on stage. That's a... It's a weird thing to think about, just the idea yeah. of being scared on well, stage. Not- like, so I don't know what you mean, just going, oh, this is out of my hands, yeah. or I'm, I shouldn't have done this gig and I'm in trouble now, that kind of fear. Yeah, yeah. maybe, or, or maybe the, the sort of fear of, like, starting a sentence and not knowing where it's going to finish. No, do you know what? This is, this is a crap question. I tell you what <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. i tell you what I really want to ask is just to pop back into my mind. Yeah, yeah, go, go. Like the I way think you, I think you were experiencing the fear. You're yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think during this conversation, I've been thinking to myself, "Oh man, I should try and I should try and do this myself more." And I often get this with people that I talk to, but there's sort of elements of people I want that's to steal. Great. Yeah, I yeah. want to steal and go, "Oh yeah, that's a really good point." Yeah, yeah. Something I like, steal it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> something I think I really um, suffer from on stage um, is is the, the need for a laugh. Like, I sort of feel like there's a need, like, I need a laugh to validate me. I need it to, you know, and as a result, I feel like I, no matter whatever my highfalutin ideals are, I end up doing something that's, that goes in a certain direction <laughs> because I need them to laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I go, oh, I, I tell you what, I tell you the work I, I like most. I don't know if I like the work I like most. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm like an approximation of it that is covered with a certain amount of fear and concern that they're not going to laugh and I've got to get I'll, I'll go a bit cheap at the end yeah, and try yeah. you know I'll just chuck a cock joke on the end you know um, and I think what am I trying to say I'm trying to say having listened to the way you describe it I'm kind of feeling myself go yeah I just want to I want to follow the thoughts there's a big thing for me over the last years I want to follow the ideas and and do that rather than trying to follow getting a laugh what it makes me think immediately in my kind of fear position is, oh, I can't be doing that now. I've got to open a gig tonight to possibly hundreds of people. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? I've got, I've got a responsibility to be good. I agree with that. So where do you find yourself in that? Do you feel the pressure of needing to be good? Or do you yeah. feel that you... It's almost like, oh, no, I feel like oh, Dave, David made, he made a decision early on. He made the decision cleverly early on so that he could be here. Yeah, right. is. Interesting. It's... It's not that even. It's more what I do, me doing, what you see on stage, that is me trying to do stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's all it is. So they're just the ideas that I have and that's how they come out. Sure. um, So it's not that conscious in that regard. Sure. And it's also from there, hopefully I think they're good and and funny. But I think I've got, I I did a spot at the Hi-Fi. Have you done that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, great fun. Yeah. So... That when I first got that, even now, it's, it's a lovely gig to get, you know. Um, but I said to Bridget, have you met Bridget? Yeah, I didn't meet Bridget. I met I met Ben. I think. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Bridget's lovely chick that uh, is very high up in the festival mm-hmm. and very helpful and lovely, blah blah. And she knows me well, and she said, um, I said, she knows I've toured with her. She's been a tour manager, and I said. Uh, so she knows my material more or less back pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think I should do the retail stuff or, um, yeah, what? And she just looked rather than go, yeah, do that. And she goes, have you got anything else? And I went, oh, have I done that before here? Have I? I can't remember. Yeah. Did I do it last year? And she goes, yeah, I think so. But what else do you have? And I was like, well, I could do, I don't know. And I got fear. I was like, yeah. fuck, I don't really have this stuff in the show is just all too connected to the show. I can't really just take stuff out. Sure. What's my new material that I could do in front of a, kind of a good, solid crowd, big crowd? And she goes, just, she said, just do, just get 
just quirk them, she said. She said something like that. And, like, she gave me permission to go, oh, yeah, just just actually... I said, look, I'll do that, but just so you know, I can't guarantee it'll work well. Yeah. But are you giving me permission to do that? She said, absolutely. And Harley Breen, do you know Harley? Yes, yeah, yeah not good, well, but I met her a couple of times. good man. Guy, yeah. And he's very strong on, like, kind of uh, these roadshow gigs, you know, and you're playing rural areas, mm. other cities, and he's a great MC, like, strong sort of... Um, you know, sort of likeable and mm. um, what's the word? Sort of an everyman a little bit. You yeah, know? okay. He's got that kind of Aussie quality and he he hardly fails, if that makes sense. Um, but I still respect what he does. He's very good at it. But he, I remember the festival director came out to one of these roadshow gigs. Well, you're normally playing to sort of normally between three or 500, sometimes 800 people. Mm. And he did this he was doing a show in, in the comedy festival which was really nice good interesting show apparently and then they said oh great you can go on the road show Harley and uh, she went over and watched him and it was just sort of this sort of set he'd been doing for years and it was mm-hmm. sort of run of the mill and mm-hmm. probably did really well for the crowd the crowd apparently loved it mm-hmm. she saw them erupt in laughter and then she pulled him aside and said what are you doing that stuff for like we saw what your new show is we want we want you give the people that like mm. the, the new things you're doing and so he sort of fell back on his stuff but he yeah. actually like like the Bridget gave me permission to sort of yeah just own it you know that's I guess that's one thing I love about the festival is like I guess they must actually want to present comedy good and bad yes. or right or wrong you know so yes. I was like and yeah. that probably is no, they, giving they, them too much credit, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. It but probably I, is. But I, that's I, exciting to hear they understand that, or Bridget at least understands that idea of permission. Yeah, she... Yeah. Don't do what you do. Yeah, don't, don't just go out there and just do the jokes you did last year. Like, you know, even if probably half the crowd probably didn't even know me. She's like, yeah. just take a chance. Yeah. So it's worth... But it did work, at least. I remember that night did work really well. Maybe because I was like, I'll just come out. Yeah, and try and do good. So that's interesting, I find. Yeah. Um... I don't know if that answers your question. No, okay, it does, it does. It's certainly, it's, uh, I think that's what I'm getting at, is that I think maybe I'm not personally giving myself enough permission to just go and do my thing. And particularly right. here, I feel like I'm in a, a very privileged position and I need yeah, to be yeah. good. Do you know what I mean? Which I, I would be the exact same way. Sure. I, I, if I was got this gig, staying in these lovely places, with yeah, pl- yeah. A, a gig that um, is financially great, sure. etc., in, in the UK... Yeah, I would, to a large extent, be choosing what for me is my most I'm solid mainstream. Totally, I'm sort bringing of stuff. my mainstream. It'd still okay. be yeah, slightly yeah. strange. Yeah, sure. And the act would still be kind of what I do, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going out probably with that Mother's Day thing, or sure. you know, or you know, do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. But do you, but do you feel that even then, that's that's the kind of thing I'm, the thing I'm being confronted with is maybe if you did, it, you'd be more yourself. Exactly. Then, yeah, there's sure. An, there's, it's about tr- trying it sometimes, you know. Yeah. Isn't it? A bit. He won. He asked with confidence and then backed down. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? It's all about this, isn't yeah. it? Is it? Oh, isn't God, is that it what we're doing? <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> so that was David. Thanks so much to him for that interview. And uh, I managed to cut out. He'll he'll notice if if you're listening to this again, David. You'll notice I've managed to cut out a lot of the bits where I went. Oh God, I'm so hungover. I'm sorry. I'm really not on it today. Um, I managed to get rid of those. But this is 
given them away um, so thanks David thanks to Graham Crockford and Dan Melrose of course as ever don't forget to get in quick for your Benny Boot tickets for Wednesday May the 29th live in London details on the Facebook page and I will speak to you very soon Hey Mel Bry here gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.